Hello everyone and welcome on Women Abroad, the podcast that invites young professional women to share their experience abroad and reveal the wonderful women behind these stories. My name is Françoise Fallis. I'm a certified executive intercultural and life coach and trainer. I've lived and worked as an expatriate for more than 12 years in Egypt, Morocco and Nigeria twice, and I currently live in Luxembourg. I meet young women who are studying or starting their careers abroad and hear from them about their discoveries, culture shock and the personal and professional challenges they face. What surprises, amuses, even fascinates them? How does their experience open up new perspectives and reveal new things about themselves? If you are curious about living and working internationally, this podcast will inspire you to consider new horizons. Women abroad, be inspired by women who find their true selves living abroad. For my 14th episode of Women Abroad, I'm pleased to host Jenny Emilia Hornblum. Amelia is Swedish and works as a first officer on cruise ships. She navigates around the globe on the terms of her 10-week contracts. From Sweden, where she was born, to Finland, where she spent some years, she then settled for two years in the south of Belgium, near Luxembourg. She has now moved to Spain. Very active, sociable and with an entrepreneurial spirit, she seized the opportunity to create a Luxembourg chapter for the volunteer-powered global and local community called Girl Gone International, whose mission is to connect, represent and empower women who live and travel abroad. From then on, a fantastic human adventure began for her. She is explaining to us her work aboard the cruise ship and how she manages her multicultural team. Living and working abroad across the oceans has broadened her perspective on life and is part of her journey of self-discovery and others. Let's now listen to our story abroad and the projects that drive her motivation. Hello, Amelia. I'm pleased to have you today on the show and welcome on board of my podcast Women Abroad. As a start, would you like to briefly explain your work and tell us what brought you into this career? Hi, Franco, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, my name is Emilia. I'm from Sweden, and I have, well, I, I moved abroad first when I was 16 to Finland for studies for three years. And after that, I've moved to Belgium for two years, and now I'm about to move to Spain. And apart from that, I work on cruise ships. Uh, all over the world, which is, I think, my most, apart from being an expat, that's where I meet most different cultures. Can you explain a little your work, your responsibilities, your um, your contract, the difference between a contract and a cruise, and what are the terms of your assignments? Yeah, sure. So I work on a cruise ship and a normal contract for me is 10 weeks. So I leave my home and then I'm on board the cruise ship for 10 weeks straight. And uh, then I sign off and I have a 10 week vacation. So I get half the year um, on board the ship when I work and half the year I am off and I can be anywhere I want in the world. 
so that's how my my contracts uh, work and what I do at work I'm I'm an officer so that means that I drive the ship but I'm also responsible for keeping up with safety and doing trainings and uh, and drills for the crew members Okay, it's already a lot of responsibilities and you're a very a young woman. How do you manage all this? What are the main challenges you face when you start a new contract? Going back to work, I think adjustment time, uh, because you come from having had a, a, a vacation that might have been quite long, and you, you're used to maybe not having an alarm, you're used to doing what you want, and you're like falling back into... Uh, work every day you have the watches I'm a watch keeper so I work different and uncomfortable hours so I, maybe when I come board I will start working at 2 a.m until 5 a.m in the morning uh, so it's the adjustment of getting the body back in um, body and mind back in action of okay to finding the rhythm and, and all of this on board I think that is the the biggest biggest challenge with working like this on and off mm. it seems to me that every time you are not at sea you are in transit on land is that also how you perceive things or is it my own perception <laughs> i i've been trying to find a, a home a solid base but i don't know if it's that easy i As I said, I'm from Sweden. I know that I want to get away from Sweden because I don't like the climate. Uh, really, it's a bit too dark and too cold for me. So uh, and up until you know, two years ago, I've been mostly traveling on my vacations, both because I wasn't ready to settle down anywhere and I also wanted to find a place. So I've been traveling around the, the globe To different countries just to try to find where is the climate good and where is the culture maybe well not close enough to my own but a, a culture where I would be comfortable to live and yeah feel as free as I would maybe in Sweden. I understand and what do you like most in your cruise missions? Mm, good question so This is maybe what I'm trying to find on land as well. But on the cruise ship, it's it's not about fitting in. There's no specific boxes. There's no one that expects you to be in a, in a specific way. On a cruise ship, we have about 60 different nationalities on the ship where I work. So everybody is different. There is It's impossible to try to fit in or to be like everyone else because everybody is different so it's a very accepting environment in that way you can be who you are you can do what you want you don't have to be on anyone else's premises do i have to understand that you're you're talking about freedom freedom of movement yeah maybe well freedom of of being who I am, freedom of, as long as I respect others, but freedom of being me, expressing myself in in the way I live, in the way I, well, different cultures can be different. How you eat, for instance. Some people eat with 
right hand. Some people eat with their left hand, with a fork or with a spoon or with their hands or with uh, chopsticks. Um, I can do what I want. No one is looking at me in a strange way for how I'm eating or for how I go to the gym or for when I sleep. You're free to do what you want or talk to anyone you want. So you really experience multicultural connections in a small world. <laughs> I mean, the world of the, of the ship is, is quite a small environment. And in the meantime, it's, it's quite big. A cruise ship can be very big. Can you briefly describe one normal day on a cruise ship for, for the audience to imagine what your life on a boat can be for a couple of weeks during your mission Yes, I for sure. I will describe a schedule that I like a lot. <laughs> um, for me, I like to work out a lot because it's very important to me. I would maybe wake up at 5 a.m. and go for a run on the on the jogging track on the open deck. And then I would go to the bridge and start my shift at 7 o'clock in the morning. And we would arrive in a port. Usually now we go from um, China to Japan. So we would arrive in Nagasaki, for instance. Uh, so we pick up the pilot, we drive the ship into the to the port, and we dock the ship. And I would stay on the bridge uh, for between three to five hours. So sometime before lunch, my shift would end, and I would continue with some uh, office work. I would go for lunch. I would uh, continue in the afternoon with safety inspections and then go for some rest, maybe go ashore for a walk or to buy some uh, to buy some necessities from a store if I need to. Uh, usually when you work on a cruise ship, you like to go ashore in ports. Either you buy washing detergent or you buy some makeup or some clothes or just some snacks that you like because we don't have that big variety of, of this on board. So you kind of want to go ashore to get your groceries done. And then you come back on the ship, you'll have dinner and you go to sleep or take a nap. And then you're back on again for another, well, nighttime we use, usually work five hours and then daytime is three hours. So then I'd come back maybe at seven o'clock in the evening and I go up to the bridge again and I work a five hour shift until midnight. And what I'm doing then is either a departure from the port where we are. So we undock the ship we drive it out from the harbor and then we continue driving the ship from Nagasaki then back to Shanghai for instance so i'm on the bridge and we're navigating through a lot of traffic because we're in in asia so there's a lot of commercial vessels like um, cargo ships container ships or tank ships and also a lot of fishing boats and at the same time as we're driving we're responsible Uh, for the safety of the ship, we are the safety center. So if there's any uh, medical emergencies or fires and someone calls 911 on the ship, which is our safety number, I will be the one or the colleague that is assisting me at the time on the bridge will be the one answering the phone call and we will take the necessary actions. For instance, if there's a medical emergency, we will sit, send the nurses and doctors to the scene. And if there is a fire, we will call um, for the fire teams to respond. 
Mm, interesting. And what do you experience as the hardest when you are away? What is the hardest? I think the hardest is because you're so set into the watch schedule you have. You don't get to choose when you want to eat and when you want to sleep and you don't have any days off. So when I'm at work, I work for, for 10 weeks straight. You don't get to say, ah, damn it. I, I really don't want to go out and have drinks with my friends tonight on this Saturday. This Saturday, I'm just going to sleep in and sleep the whole day. It doesn't happen. You don't have one day where you get to do whatever you want. That's the hardest. You don't get um, so much freedom of choosing when you, <laughs> what, what you want to do. You, every day, it's the same, like going back to work, going back to work. You can't take a day off. So you can experience a wide spectrum of what freedom means. Exactly, yes, <sighs> that's right. <laughs> And uh, I think you're assisted by a second officer. Yes, that's correct. Um, when we are driving the ship, there's always a first officer and the second officer on watch together with one lookout. So I'm in the first officer position. I'm the responsible uh officer on the watch and then I have a second officer whom which I'm training to get promoted into my position but we're also driving together with the pilot co-pilot system so in the busy busy area that we are in in Asia you always need to have two officers so you can double check make sure that the traffic is clear before you take any decisions in what way to turn <laughs> or if you should slow down or speed up. Uh, just to minimize the risk of human error, you want to have at least two officers on the bridge. Okay, it's a big responsibility. And yes, mm -hmm. you have a multicultural team with you. Yeah. How do you manage your multicultural team? Because it's not always easy, you said people with different personalities, people from different cultural environment, different living habits. And you you can see this very, very clearly when you, you live seven days a week together. How do you manage your multicultural team? For me, the easiest way or how to, how to manage is, I think, respect Uh, that should go both ways, but really you need to both respect yourself and respect your colleagues. You need to learn how to listen both with your ears and with your eyes because saying one thing with words in some cultures means one thing, but maybe your body language is something totally different. So you have to be very vigilant and Both, both look and listen at the people that you're working with and that you're, well, you're all the colleagues and crew members on the ship, just as well as guests as well. The, the interaction is really important. What is the person saying? Are they okay? Are they happy? Are they sad? Do they need to be alone? Should I stay and, and comfort them? Do they want to talk? Do they want to listen? Just always... Yeah, take in the people that is in front of you. What are their, like, how can I meet their, uh, or like be on their comfort level of communicating or working? 
That's very interesting. Yeah. So you have really developed your nonverbal communication. Yeah, I think both verbal and nonverbal. There's um, everybody speaks in English on the ship. It's the working language, but the English is very different depending on where you come from as well. Yeah, so you need to. Yeah, you definitely need to to use your uh, well the nonverbal language as well to understand and listen and respect each other. Okay. And how, according to your experience, can a woman lead effectively in a working environment widely dominated by men? Yeah, that is really a good question. I try to set aside, like I don't see myself as a woman leading men. I, I see myself as a person or in, in my in my in my role i'm the first officer and right now i'm i'm the responsible person or in charge on the bridge i think it should be a difference between being a woman leading men and being a man leading uh, other men or being a woman leading other women uh, i think just finding your own leadership style and applying it no matter the gender is the most important thing Okay. And so in, in terms of good practices for you, if I understood you well, you mean that respecting and communicating properly using your ears, your eyes, verbal and nonverbal communication is for you your, your leadership style? That's the way you work with your team? That's what you mean? Yes, I think it's it's very much respect and, and listening to the needs and what what strengths that my teammates bring. So, but know what what teammates you have and what they're what they're best at, and use them for that. And if something doesn't really go well, that's also fine. You just have to be acceptance of failures can happen. How can we learn? How can we go stronger? And ex accept, accept that everybody's human. Mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> and show, I think showing support and taking responsibility. Because being a leader is not giving work to others, but making sure that everybody is comfortable and happy doing the work that they're there to do. And supporting when it's... Do men have particular expectations from you as a woman and as their leader? I mean, the, the men working in your teams. I think the only thing I, I notice on board is from some cultures, um, they are surprised that I'm a female first officer. And they're sometimes surprised that I don't care about getting my hands dirty or that I'm surprised and they get surprised that I'm I'm lifting heavy stuff and carrying heavy stuff on the ship. But other than that, I think it's it's quite all right. Mm -hmm. And how does it take place when you have a conflict? It, as, as everywhere in all teams, we, we can have conflict. And how do you manage when you have to stay and, and work all together, whatever happens so for quite a long time you have no break in the evening to well to relax in your family or, or alone 
uh, here you are all together. You just have your room as a, well to secure your your privacy. So how do you manage if a possible conflict arises? Um, if I have conflicts with my colleagues, I try to, well, when we're on the bridge, when we're working um, on my shifts, I cannot, when I'm on watch, I cannot leave the bridge. So if we have a conflict when we are on watch, it is super important that that conflict is put aside and we just keep on driving the ship. There's no conflict that can take precedence over over the watch and over the work. Of course. And for me, I don't like screaming conflicts. I think that's very unproductive. So if there's a, if I have a conflict with someone, I like to put it aside for myself and just not be in in the heat of the moment and maybe return to the to the issue some hours later or a day later, depending on and think about what actually happened and then go and talk to the person afterwards about what was it that happened and if we can resolve the issue or the conflict or just say, sorry, I made a mistake or I misunderstood you. Mm -hmm. There is something that probably I, I misunderstood. Could you clarify this for me? Um, every time you start a new, a new contract, um, does the team change? Or do you always work with the same team? So I work on the same ship now, and I've been on the same ship for two years. And the crew has, or the my teammates, we're a team of uh, 10 officers and captain. And this team has been more or less the same for this last two years. It's changing a little bit. Uh, but that's just as on a normal workplace. Some people leave and there are some new people. But in the rotation that I'm, I'm that I am at, I come back and I see the same people more or less that is on the ship. It helps, I assume. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> If you have good teammates, that's nice. And I have good teammates. Of course. <laughs> It always depends on this, of course, of course. Um, Do you have any particular anecdote you'd like to share with us about your living on a cruise ship? A good memory, for instance, um, something particular you experienced? I don't know if there's any particular moment. There's so many small things in, in it. But I would say the big picture of it, of um, working with so many different nationalities and seeing different cultures is something that I cherish about it a lot. And how do you make friends when you when your working assignments leave you quite little free time to socialize on a regular basis outside of work? When you're on, on holiday, when you don't work on a ship and you don't stay years long yeah, I get out it. of the ship. <laughs> Making new friends is not that hard, for me at least. I'm very social. I like to meet new people. I think maybe it's harder to keep friends because I'm gone and I'm very bad at staying in touch because when I'm at work, I kind of work and I'm very focused on, well, I have the life is very different when you're on the ship. But I I find it, well, going to a new, new uh, country or to a new town, 
I've learned since this, since moving to Belgium, that finding friends online in different groups is the best thing I've ever done. To connect with like either over activities or just other expats and going out and meeting new friends like this has been, uh, uh, it has made my life living abroad much, much easier. Mm, I may imagine. Would you like maybe to talk about the community you set up in Luxembourg? Yes, sure. Uh, so it actually started, I met Girl Gun International, which is a community for women uh, women abroad. Uh, in 2017 in Barcelona, they made a picnic meetup and I was in Barcelona on my vacation uh, just for travels and I met them and I fell in love with the community. And ever since when I was traveling, I was always looking for these little local communities that were in different countries, and different cities. And when I finally, um, when I was going to move to uh, to Belgium, I said, ah, Belgium, that's fine. We're going to live next to Luxembourg. There is, it's a, it's a city with a lot of expats. I will for sure meet people there, meet new friends. There must be this expat community, Girl Gone International there. And then I went online to find it and it wasn't there. Um, so I got a little bit surprised, but I scrolled all the way down on the page and it said, are you missing a community? Uh, question mark. Do you want to start one? Question mark. Contact us. I said, okay, I guess I'll, I'll start one. And so I did. I contacted the, the headquarters, the global community manager. And after having talked to her, um, she guided me through what it meant, uh, obligations and all this. I decided just to, to give it a go and started a local community um, Girl Gun International Arlon in Luxembourg. And after launching it, I think within an hour or two, there was already over 100 girls that had joined and were introducing themselves. And everybody was so happy to already, after just such a short time, to have a community. They could, everybody was introducing themselves and they wanted to meet up and um we when we start a new community and when we welcome new members we ask everybody to write a little about about themselves and their hobbies and people were already connecting but i like wine i also want to go and drink some wine let's do that i like to go <laughs> for hikes and bike riding and i could just see how so many women so fast with finding new friends and new um in in luxembourg in our lawn same as me as well and it It was really nice to just see that I've started this community where not only me could find new friends, but already so many women were finding new friends. People were planning to start a gaming community and meet up and do that. And I was, it was amazing. Definitely, you've got a talent to connecting people. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks to, to GGI, they, they, had, they gave me the tools But uh, it was it was really nice. So if if you haven't heard of them before, I really encourage every every woman to to find a girl gun international, a GGI, when you go travel or when you plan to to move abroad.
Mm, great. Would you plan to to create um, a Girls Gone International chapter in in Spain? Uh, um, yes, I've thought about it. <laughs> quite a ready in Spain uh, and on the coast here. I'm I'm moving to the east coast of Spain, but the the city I'm moving to there's no local community, so. Well, first I need to find myself an apartment. Of course. But after that, I think the se second step might be to to start a local community here as well. That's great. That's great. And how have you? Uh, what have you learned about yourself in your various missions as as cruise officer? I don't know if it comes with with work and and with my my different contracts. As much as maybe just with with age. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe a mix of both. <laughs> exactly. What depending on what experience you get, but with age and having done all the contracts, I mean, you learn both when you're at work and when you're home. And I think seeing and working and living with different people and nationalities, I think. The more people you interact with, the richer you get. You can such a uh, expanded perspective of life. True. Uh, that you learn to enjoy the moments, enjoy what you have. And do you have any big lessons you've taken so far from your your experiences abroad, personal and professional experiences? I think that. I like to trust people, but you always need to be a little bit guarded as well. Like, make sure you um, you feel safe and comfortable with what you're doing. And as long as you are comfortable in yourself and with what you're doing, then you can trust others and and proceed. I think that's. But as long as I feel like I I can have my own back, that's when I can start trusting and trusting others as well. What would you like to take as the next challenge in your life? Mm, I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't just to to be at peace with myself and enjoy life every day. I think that's that's a, a good mission in itself. But I want to continue connecting other women and I want to help other women to be comfortable, to find friends, to help other women professionally in any way I can. I think these are things that uh, make me happy. So these will be my, well, my, my missions in life to help other women, either professionally or, or personally, just like with the GGI, helping women finding friends in a new city. Or professionally, if I can help women that is also in the same career that I am, uh, I've been starting to to formulate, start a, a community as well for female seafarers, for female officers. Hmm. Uh, so that's it's it's boiling a little bit below the surface. <laughs> um, that would be a great initiative. Yes, I think it would be really good to connect and sharing experience among peers. Yes. And and help them grow. Yes, exactly. That's one thing that I really uh, miss as I'm in a team of only men. So we we always have different 
um, gender contracts when you're at work uh, or at home or whenever, but how you experience the situation is always going to be different depending on your background. And being able to share a situation with other women, I think, would be uh, it will be very nice. And <laughs> with the same experience to listen to what happened during your day on the bridge or on the watch or with your colleagues. Would you mean that you'd like to empower them or encourage them, support them in their professional development or personal development even? I think to start with, just as a um, I'm not looking into uh, making anything for development or support from my side, more to create a community, a safe space for um, seafarers, for female seafarers or women uh, to connect with each other and seek support from each other. I think there's for me to uh, to support by myself, but I think creating <laughs> just like starting a, a GDI local community where you create the space and throw out the questions so that the women can Uh, connect and support each other I think that will be a good a good start and a good platform definitely definitely well beautiful project yeah so the sea the ocean appears as as a passion for you because you also love sailing is it connected with any dream you'd like to achieve maybe that could impact the world around you We'll see. I have I have some some small dreams or big dreams for the future. I want to I want to sail around the world. I want to cross the Atlantic Ocean by sailboat. The Atlantic Ocean is the only one I haven't crossed so far. So I think that would be a good one to take off by by sailboat actually. But we'll see when that when that happens. But yeah, I think um, I I think supporting <laughs> women and starting this this group, the community for for female sailors, is probably going to be the first and more global, most global project I'm going to start next. That's excellent, excellent. <laughs> Now we are nearing the end of our interview, Amelia. I have a recurring question I'd like to ask to all women I interview. And this question is, what advice would you like to give to other women who are struggling to adjust in their multicultural environment on their first move abroad? What would you tell them? I would tell them to find a friend, or two, or three. I would say... Like I said before, as well with the either if you find a girl gone international, which I think is a super community, or other expat communities that you can find on social media like Facebook, or there's another one I'm going to name drop as well, Host a Sister, where you can find uh, new um, uh, new women where you are. So for me, the best help is to find someone who. Uh, who is already in the town or in the city where you're at or in the country. And if there's an, a person that is already an expat, I think it's even better because they've probably gone through the same things that you've gone through. How do I get a phone number? Where do I get a tax number? What, what insurances do I need? So find someone who's lived in the country already for 
for some time and yeah get get all the <laughs> juicy stuff and information that you need from them mm, that's great mm. thank you very much for taking part in this episode amelia thanks for having me Your sharing of experience can certainly inspire women to dare, achieve their dreams, wherever it is. But I also think that it can be a source of reflection of what we consider as certain and how we can embrace every day in our life. So I wish you thrive in your personal and professional life. May good winds guide you in your desired direction and enjoy a beautiful summer, Amelia. Thank you so much and the same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for following us in this episode. Because an international experience can awaken incentives and reveal new aspects in women's identities, Women Abroad is the podcast that appeals to young women everywhere. Did you like this episode? Like it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can also rate us and review us. Would you like to share your experience abroad? Whether you are a student, an early career woman or a more experienced professional, contact me on my page women underscore abroad underscore on Instagram and women abroad on Facebook. You can also listen to the episodes on my website women-abroad-coaching.com. I wish you a great day and a bright life. Talk to you soon.